Welcome to the Holy City Church Podcast Station. This is Pastor Angel. If you missed Sunday's sermon or want to listen to it again, you're in the right place. We're glad that you can take the time to catch up as we go through God's Word together. So I hope you're ready. But if you're not, grab your Bible. Let's get ready for what God has in store for us today. And how he plays and uh, and build this um, image in a place called Dura, uh, which it was a place uh, where I don't know if you remember, but this is the place where once the Tower of Babel was once stood up. So the the, the king make a decree a decree that if anyone don't worship his image that that he had built, he was gonna they were gonna kill them. However, there were three friends that refuses to do so. These are the friends of Daniel. And they hold, they held a higher office, a higher um, uh, uh, position in the, in the government. So th- they rejected the idea of worshiping an image made by a pagan king of an idolatrous nation. So today we're going to see two points. First point, we're going to see the implication of believing in God. So early this week, I, I remember texting the pastor about this uh, disagreement and this conversation that I had with a brother in Christ, a co-worker of mine. So this brother, I mentioned to him that some of the things that we most go, th- that we most go through as a church in America are already happening in other parts of the world. And even today, p- just like before, People, Christians used to ge- get killed. And this is the same thing that is happening today. Nothing has changed. So here I am having a discussion with this brother. And, uh, and I was just giving my opinion. Not that really matters. But, but to make the long story short, I told him that we are going to experience some of the stuff that we are not used to right here in America. And he answered me, very disappointed, probably very disappointing on my belief, on my view. And he told me, no, man, I don't think so, brother. God loves us so much, and he loves this nation. This is a Christian nation. So when he told me that, you know, my reply was totally different than his. And my ideas were totally contrary to what he was saying. So we took it to a whole different conversation, to politics and to history. And more, imp- more importantly, we took it to the Bible. And I just, I just gonna leave it there because after that, the conversation doesn't have any, doesn't really matter to me no more. So let me tell you this: American Christianity is nothing alike other nations where there's Christian where being a Christian is a crime. Real Christianity will cost you your life. And that's why I entitled this message. I forgot to give you a title. I know the last title that I gave was The Renegade. 
because there were three men, young men, that refused to bow down to, a, to an idol. So I entitled this message, Faith That Is Worth Dying For. That's why it's very important to preach the gospel, not only from the pulpit, but also in our home, in our workplace, as we go. That's what Jesus called us to do. As you go and make disciples. Make disciples doesn't mean like follow me, just like Jesus did to us. It's like follow Christ, what Jesus has done for us. So in verse 19, 20 and 21, we see that the head of the state, Nebuchadnezzar, was very furious and violent by the answer he got from the three friends. So at this point, his mind was already made up. And he was determined to make an example of them. For whoever refuses to fall down and worship the golden image that he had built. So he commanded to be heated seven times hotter than usual, meaning this was super hot, as, or as hot as possible. I don't know uh, how many of you know about deep fried turkey. Well, I do it all the time. Like we've been like this is our fifth year now, so it's really hot, and I can believe like a twenty of uh, sixteen pound bird, it only lasts one hour to be fully cooked. One hour of ten minutes, something like that. So we see the king right here. He calls some of the strongest soldiers from his army. Some ones, some type of special forces or rangers. To bind the men with everything they were wearing. And threw them. Immediately. Inside the fire. It's not there, but... Yeah, with their clothes, their tunics, just to, these things only add more fire to the fire. If you notice here, there's two types of servants. One to serve a pagan king that couldn't serve, that couldn't protect them. And the other one to serve a better king that is able to protect them better than any other head of state would. So at this point, the three men didn't have a chance to write a post on Facebook or tweet. <laughs> yeah, because we're always bragging about our faith in Christ. I'm one of them. I'm guilty. I'm sorry. Forgive me. But it's like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to leave it there. <laughs> So this man didn't have the time to post a tweet in the middle of the night. So this man knew exactly on whom they trust and where they were heading if God wouldn't deliver them from the hand of Nebuchadnezzar. They already knew where they were going. That's why the early in the text, I think it was on 17, verse 17 or 18, he said, it is God's will if he delivers us or not. There's only one explanation to that. They have believed in the God of Abraham, Jacob, and Isaac. 
They have believed in the God that took them out of Egypt. And the God that went before them. By day in a pillar of cloud. And by night in a pillar of fire. They knew that without the will of God. Not a single hair. Can get a blaze. Thank you. Listen, beloved, Thanksgiving is coming up and Christmas is around the corner. We are uncertain what's going to happen next year or the year after. But one thing we do know is that God was on his throne when these three men were thrown into the fire. God is on his throne right now and he forever will. The reason I say this is because the media is talking about not to celebrate these holidays because of the COVID-19. They don't want us to gather together. It's like uh, Sister Daniel was saying earlier. It's not only one day that we give thanks to God. It's every day. So one day is not, gonna, it's not enough. Why we do it? Why we do We give thanks to God is because what he did for us. So the law continue, the law of the land continue changing, and probably soon rather than later, we're going to make changes as we go from gathering in building to gather probably in homes. That's why we're grateful right now because we're here. We're very comfort, no comfort zone. They could make us. They could make the church pay taxes, which probably we don't have a problem with it. Or perhaps they might want us to come and ask uh, for sermon notes to see if we, don't, if we are preaching about or against the LGBTQ. And the way we see family from a biblical perspective. Just this morning I was reading an article from Christian Post. From Friday, I think that's funny. Yeah, from Friday. And the LGBTQ right now is pushing and urging the Vice President Joe Biden for a more stronger agenda against Christian colleges and Christian school. They don't want us to, to teach our children about the importance of who Christ is and what we believe marriage is before the eyes of God. They could do whatever they want, though, but they can stop us from worship and preaching the gospel. I have seen a lot of memes on social media recently probably the past six months, comparing the image of gold to an LGBTQ and Planned Parenthood. We don't approve those things, but these passages right here are not exactly about those things. It's about Yahweh and accepting a, a head of state as the ultimate king and idolized 
the head of state. You understand what I'm saying? Doesn't make sense? It's about Yahweh and not about the head of state. This is the only one that we must trust and believe in the word that became flesh and dwells among us. Die for us a death that we deserve. And rest resurrected on the third day. And those who have believed in him should not perish. We'll have eternal life. This is our faith. It seems, seems ancient. It's been 2,000 years already. This is what people sometimes argue. That's not true. He's not coming back. Give up, man. We're not doing harm to nobody. We're not harming nobody. Instead, we're helping people, loving people, caring for people, and cherishing people. Not because we are good. It's because God is good and he's always doing good things for those that love him. So this was their hope. This is our hope. Let me remind you, as we as Christians, we are destined to be hated, persecuted, and put on trial, and ultimately sentenced to death. On Matthew, Jesus reminds us on Matthew 5, 10, 12, and he says, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. I don't know about you, but I really like to travel, which I don't do often because like, we live in a budget and our budget is tight. So, yes, I really want to go to Japan. I really want to go to certain places that I'll not be able to probably see in my life. But you know what, Christian? We're going where God is. And that's, there's no better place to be. That's our hope. All right? All the beautiful things that we see in this side of heaven, it's garbage. This is nothing compared for what is awaiting for us. Where the streets of gold. That's a beautiful picture of heaven. I think it's on Revelation 20. There was this uh, early scholar or by the name Justin Martyr. Martyr. I don't know if you guys are familiar with him, but anyway. He was an early Christian in the first century. S- sort of like a teacher in his time. He was arrested. For his faith. We got to remember. This Christian right now. That I just mentioned. This is like. Post. Jesus Christ era. Like probably like 50 or 100 years after. Or 60. No, no more than that. He was arrested for his faith. Was brought before the judge. And the judge. Asked him to denounce his faith. By making sacrifice. To the Roman God. Justin, in response, said, 
No one who is rightly minded turns from the true belief to false. Later the judge asked him, where do they gather? And his answer was very honest. He replied, my house. That's where they used to go to church. That's where the, the early Christian used to teach. Then the judge called his student and asked basically if he was brainwashing them. I hear that all the time. I don't know about y'all, but they all, most of the time, like, man, you just brainwash you, bro. I mean, I don't have a gun put on my head by the pastor or anybody else. And they'll say, no, we're not brainwashed. And they all gave the testimony. It's not the testimony. It was Jesus Christ working their lives. After that, Justin was beheaded. And then his students as well. There's a lot of story about men and women who has lost their life for Christ in many parts of the world. As of right now, but not here in America. Not yet. So let me tell you this. When I was preparing this sermon, I was struggling because... I wanted to make it about blind faith. It's easy to take this text out of context and put it like, oh, yeah, God need us, needs us uh, anywhere. Yes, it's true. But this text is not about blessing or be blessed and be rewarded. Like, do good. God's going to reward you with better things. It wasn't the perfect obedience or the heroic attitude or what I call a super Christian. I don't know if you know any super Christian. I was one. I was once a super Christian. Don't drink, don't tell, don't say, don't do, don't touch. That kept them from getting burned. It was God's sovereign grace. It was God's love that kept them from not getting burned in the fire. So do you think God really enjoyed these things? Really think God's enjoyed Christians go through persecution? Personally, I don't think so. I don't think God finds any pleasure whenever a Christian is put to death for simply believing in his son. Puritan by the name Thomas Brooks on his commentary on Lamentation 3.31 said, God takes no delight to afflict his children. It goes against the grain of his heart. Let me read it for you. Let me read Lamentation 3.31 for you. For the Lord will not cast off forever, but though he cause grief, he will have compassion according to the abundance of his steadfast love. For he does not afflict from his heart or grieve the children of men. As a father, it hurt me. It hurt me to discipline my children. I love them so much, but I have to do it. Because that's the only way they could start learning and trusting me. So God could have changed Nebuchadnezzar's heart. He could have changed it. But he's allowed, he allowed it. We got Thanksgiving dinner behind us, so I'm going to make this really quick.
So <laughs> we're going to jump to point two, and we're going to be reading uh, verse 24 and 25. This is um, God's providence. We're going to see the next point is going to be God's providence. First, we saw the implication of what it costs to follow Jesus or follow God. And now we're going to see God's providence and how God's working our life. So verse 24 says, When King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and rose up in haste, he declared to his counselor, Did we not cast three men abound into the fire? They answered and said to the king, True, O king. He answered and said, But I see four men unbound walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the appearance of the fourth is like the son of the gods. Listen to the question on 24. Did we not cast three men abound in the fire? Well, I imagine this is what I call, this is an epic moment. This is like the blockbuster, like the punchline in a blockbuster film. So I imagine Nebuchadnezzar, a man full of pride, sitting down, watching and thinking how powerful he is. That he could take life of anyone if they refuse to obey his order. I'll be in, in the, same, the same way. Like I'll probably be surprised to see that there's, that we sent inside three men and, we only, and now we see four. Where did the four came from? Came from. And the officials answer, you're right. King, we did. In verse 25, he said, but I see four men abound, walking around like if it's all good without their bonds. At this point, he was astonished and jumped from his seat, wondering what was going on in there. And asking himself, who is the foreman? Who is the guy? What is that thing? He recognized and he gave an affirmation that that four person wasn't. Just an, ordin an ordinary human being because he says it's like a son of the gods. Like I said, this is an epic illustration of the personal presence and protection of God for his people that suffer for his testimony. God is with us no matter what the outcome is. A pastor by the name of Dietrich Bonhoeffer, last words before he was hanged by the Nazis, where this is the end, say a soldier that was going to take him to the place where he was going to be hung. And Dietrich Bonhoeffer answered, this is the beginning for me. Things might not be the same for everyone. Many men have died Believing and fighting for a cause. Politically or in the name of religion. However, dying for any of those particular causes doesn't guarantee you everlasting life or eternal joy. The Apostle Paul in Philippians 1.21 says, For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Isaiah 43, 2 and 3 says, When you pass through the water, I'll be with you. And through the river, they should not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you should not be burned. And the flame should not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. 
God is with us. No matter what the circumstances, nobody we don't see him. God is always there. People want to feel some type of way in order for them to see if God is there. God is with us. So many believe in this, that this was the angel of the Lord, the fourth man. That he was walking in the furnace with all three, which are drag, Meshach, and Abinadab. Others, including myself, believe that he was God, that he was Jesus. What I'm saying is this. Some scholars believe that that, wasn't, that was an angel of the Lord, that was a messenger. Others believe that that was Christ, what we call Christophany, a pre-incarnate Christ. Before or the appearance of the of the Messiah. Just like when he was in the beginning, when he spoke to Abraham in the land of Moriah. I don't know if you remember the story. Or when he spoke to Hagar in the desert, the slave that was gonna bear son of Abraham. Or when he wrestled with Jacob. That wasn't an angel of the Lord. That was the Lord. He was there in the burning bush when he talked to Moses. Jesus is in all scripture. Look for Christ. Because all scripture point us to Christ. So next time you read in the scripture, instead of saying, like, what's the blessing for me? Say, where is Christ in this passage? Where is Christ in this story? Where is Christ in that whole chapter? Because Christ is there. Just as it is right now. He is with us. The God that didn't deliver them out of the hands of Nebuchadnezzar met them in the midst of the fire instead. People say that God meets us in churches. God meets us in circumstances that we don't, we don't find no pleasure. God meets us everywhere. In your job, at your job, as you go, God is at work all the time. I remember a couple of years ago, my wife suffered. I don't know if you guys know, but my wife suffered with multiple sclerosis. And she's constantly with pain everywhere. Just like this morning, she was telling me that she, her back hurt. So if you don't know anything about uh, multiple sclerosis, this is a neurological disease that affects coordinations, vision, uh, vision loss, pretty much. Causes communication between the body and the, the brain and the body. So she, she had a relapse, like I said, a couple of years ago. And we went to the hospital for, well, we went to the hospital to see what was going on. And they ended up stay, uh, letting her stay for three or four nights, four days, I think it was. And Hezekiah was only like uh, six, seven months at that time. Yeah, it was like three, four years ago. 
So I remember her telling me, Douglas, do you know what? I think this is where God wants me to be. And I say, and I ask her, why? What are you saying? That she replied, because I'm able to testify about him while I'm in here to the nurses. And I'm not saying this because I want to put my wife like, oh, yeah, she's a goody, goody, holy saint. No, she's not. It's because she's finally realized her calling at the moment. We all have a calling. We're here at the church the way we serve. But we must be obedient to those calling. And we must accept it, even though if we don't like it. Why? Because God ordained everything for his own glory and purpose. God is the source of all authority and sovereign ruler of the universe. Nothing happened for a reason or by luck or by chance. Everything happened because God is involved and he allowed it to happen. In verse 26, Nebuchadnezzar confessed with his own, his own mouth the power of the Most High God and commanded the three men to come outside. Let me tell you something. This is gonna, some people are not going to agree with this. It is not our testimony that makes people's lives change. It is not our testimony that makes people believe that God is real. It is God and God alone. It is God's gospel. It is God's good news for people like us. If we say, if we tell people our testimony, they'll be, yeah, that's good, that's good for you only. I mean, I'm good. I don't have no sins. I remember when my brother used to tell me about the gospel. No, the whole gospel. Well, he used to tell me to come to church. And I told him, dude. I was living a, a life that wasn't pleasant, not to God or to my family. I remember I told him, like, dude, I'm good, man. I'm good, and I was doing a lot of bad things. I don't need God. I don't need the church. I believe in God, but I believe God in my own terms. That's why I said, like, it's not our testimony. And I told him, You're, that's if it's, it works work for you, that's good. But it doesn't work for me right now. And I'm here right now proclaiming his word. Not because I was good. It's because he is good. We must believe in him and trust his provision. Not because we are good and holy. But because of what he did for us at the cross, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And this is the message that we proclaim day in and day out. He, he died for us, so we demonstrating that he's always good. And he entered our lives and make us his precious possession. Not because he's so quality in you. Not because he's so potential in you. Or greatness in you. It's because of his holy name. It's because of his great name. It's because of his glory. 
Like I say, it is not, I was a drug addict. It is not, I'm a drunkard. It is not because I was a gang member. Womanizer, thief. Or whatever the testimony or your testimony might be. It is not your testimony. And I'll keep on touching this because a lot of people say, you see right there, uh, Nebuchadnezzar believed in God. Just because of what he saw. That there were three men walking around in the furnace and then he saw a fourth man. It is not our testimony. And sometimes we take pride in those things. Thinking that that's going to make people change. Forgetting that the gospel, it is not only for those people like that. The gospel is good for the self-righteous, the self-centered. I don't know if this is a good word, but forgive me if it sounds like kind of harsh. Egomaniac. The bank teller. The scientists, the lawyer, especially them, they're big liars. <laughs> and the law enforcement. And of course, the head of state. The gospel is for everyone. Everyone, not just for those that are in a bad place. That are in bad shape, sleeping in the street. Verse 27 says, The flame did not hurt this man. Verse 27. All right. All right. Of those men, the hair of their head was not singed. Their clothes were no harm, and no smell of fire had come upon them. Nebuchadnezzar answered and said, Bless be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. If you ask a firefighter, can a man walk inside a burning house without getting burned? Of course not. He's going to look at you like you were crazy or like you were fire your kid. Yes, I s sometimes I laugh when my kids ask me stuff like that. So it's this, this type of thing doesn't happen. All the time. But it did happen to them. Verse 28 and 29 and 30. I'm going to be reading from the NLB New Living Translation. Then Nebuchadnezzar say, praise, praise to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He sent his angel to rescue his servant who trusted in him. They defied the king's command and were willing to die rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I make, I make this, this decree. If any people... Whatever the race of nation or language speak a word against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they will be torn limb by, from limb, and their house will be torn into heaps and rubble. 
there is no other God who can rescue like this. Right there, when we see there is no other God, that's a declaration with a lowercase g of the way Nebuchadnezzar saw the God of the heaven, the creator of heaven and earth and the creator of all humanity, all kind of races and culture. So many believe that this, uh, okay, sorry, I didn't. So this pagan king praised God because he's able to pro because he is able to protect his people inside the fire or any other circumstances. He praised the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Let me tell you something. If God is for us, who can be against us? Even if he costs us our lives. God promises eternal life and no one could snatch us out of his hand even if we die. All death was just thing. All death was your misery. We are his forever and he bought us with the precious blood of his beloved son, Jesus Christ. 1 Peter 5.10 said, And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself, rest himself restore, restore, confirm, strength, and establish you. So we see this pagan king acknowledge and recognize God's mighty power. But that doesn't mean that he was converted. That doesn't mean that he was changed. There's a lot of people to, to see, that see us as good people that go to church and pray. Why? Because, because we help the needy. We love our neighbor. And they tell you, yes, I believe in God too. But they don't honor or give glory. They have changed the truth according to Romans 1. And I believe this. They have changed the truth about God for a lie and worship and serve the creation rather than the creator. Do they believe in God? No. Not the God of the Bible. Many will recognize your that you are zealous for God and acknowledge Him and give Him credit. Like I say, when you speak about your testimony, that's good. That's good what God has done for you. So he's gonna, they're going to give Him credit for the change that He made in your life. Some will promote you because of your honest, honesty and work ethic. Other will envy you and mock, accuse you for something meaningless. Why? Because we believe in what they call an imaginary man up there. We believe in the Son of God, the Redeemer, the Savior, Jesus Christ. This is 
what we believe. We believe that we are sinners. I don't want to say, we constantly say we are broken. People constantly saying this is a broken and fallen world. It is. It is because of the sin of the first man that walked the earth. This is, this, we are the product of that sin. We are sinners. We deserve to die. We deserve to be punished. But instead, God sent his only beloved son upon whom he he was pleased. Gosh, can you believe you sending your son to save people in Malaysia? People that you don't even know? Of course, he did know. But we don't know. Can you believe you're going to be able to send your kids to, to your own son to die? That's genuine. That's real love. And that's because not because we love God now. We know we love God now because what God did for us on the cross. He came as a babe. This I love this time. I love Christmas. It's coming. That's why I love Thanksgiving. Because you could hear Every, almost a lot, not anymore, but before, like a couple of years ago, we used to go to different uh, shopping centers. They used to play Christmas song, carols, and, but not like the Santa type of thing, but more like uh, uh, Jesus, like the, the meaning for the season, you know what I mean? The meaning for the season, which is Jesus Christ. Like I told my kid this morning, like, uh, we're asking this question, like, when was, um, when is Jesus' birthday? He goes to me, Santa. <laughs> I'm like, no, it's not called Santa. It's on Christmas. Actually, it wasn't on Christmas, but it was funny. But yes, Christ came as a babe, walk among us, eat around us, drunk among us, and then he died for us. Not many people believe this story. Not many people believe this is true. But the truth, the truth of the matter is that He given us hope. He's given us hope of of where we're going. Why? Because He resurrected. Without the resurrection, there wouldn't be no Christianity. Why am I going to follow something that I haven't seen? first century Christians that wrote about it. There was plenty of witness about that about that scenario about what was going on but what happened in those days and we believe that it's true. Nobody's watching. Nobody's brainwashing us. We know that there's a day that we all going to be put to death or we all going to die in a hospital bed or we all going to die In a blink of an eye. But we all going to be with Jesus. I told my wife, where Jesus is, there's light. If Jesus is in hell, there's going to be light. So therefore, there's not going to be no hell. 
because Jesus brings the light. Jesus given us hope as we walk in darkness. It is not the end of the world. It's just going from one place to another. Whether we like it or not, everyone have eternity. Some for the nation and others for eternity with Christ. Let's pray. Hope you enjoyed this week's sermon. If you have any questions, would like to connect or listen to our library sermons, jump right over to our website at www.holycitychurch.us. Again, we want to thank you for listening. And remember, this podcast is not intended to replace your time at the church. So we hope you have a blessed week and talk to you again next week on Catch Up with Holy City Church. Holy City Church.